Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 133 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. I guess I'm still Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode is sponsored by Michelle Papura. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So here we are. Once again, we're going to split a chapter. So today we will be discussing the first half of chapter nine of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, The Woes of Mrs. Weasley. So make sure that you've read roughly half the chapter and you're ready (laughs) to trapeze your way into the details. Before we begin, let's go to Megan for the weekly profit. And I read that verb wrong. (laughs) It's great. <laughs> but both work. You could have just used it for the next one. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so we have a lot to talk about in the Weekly Profit, so I'm going to try and keep each thing short. But the first thing I Get wanted it. to tell everybody about is that the Warner Brothers Studio Tour released a new um, – oh, what is it? Like a new overlay for Leavesden. And they are bringing the Slytherin common room this spring to the <laughs> studio tour. And I am so sad that I can't see it. Because it looks, it's like, literally, it's going to be the, the Slytherin room common, Slytherin common room set. And then also, um, you will be able to see the rise and fall of the Malfoy family and Lord Voldemort through their costume design. So they're going, it's going to be Friday, April 3rd to Sunday, September 6th. Let's just go. What's the problem? Like, honestly, I really want to, but we have so much travel this summer. That's ridiculous. Um, Potter fans can get up close to a 25-foot high section of the furnished set and authentic film props. The common room for House Slytherin was designed to be the stark opposite of the warm colors of Gryffindor with its cool hues of green and silver. 
Inside the set, which was made to look like a dungeon carved from solid rock, guests will also get to see the hand-designed wall tapestries. Visitors will enter through the Great Hall, which will have Slytherin green and silver banners hanging from the enchanted ceiling to reflect when they almost won the house cup during the final scenes of Philosopher's Stone. you didn't. Yeah, because Harry (laughs) is a teacher's pet. But at the teacher's table, (laughs) Gryffindor banners will be displayed overhead, referring to Dumbledore awarding the last minute house points for concluding Gryffindor triumph. Um... We'll see original costumes from the Malfoy family and from Lord Voldemort. Voldemort's evolution from the orphan to Tom Riddle, student at Hogwarts, and prolific dark wizard will also be charted through the film's costumes. So that sounds pretty awesome. Super cool. When are we going? I want to go so bad. That'd be bananas. We have to. You're a Slytherin. I know. You gotta rep, rep, rep. I know. How long is it there? April 3rd through September 6th. Mm-hmm. It's plenty of time to figure this out. Well, we'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, next <laughs> and is... And then you have to go back again when it's Hufflepuff. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just For more excuses. Um, <laughs> next, I wanted to give a shout out to my favorite fan artist, Sid Sketch, again, who... Um, has an Etsy, etsy.com slash shop slash Sid Sketch. She has drawn my all-time favorite representation of the trio. Yes. It's Sid, S-Y-D. Yes, sorry. S-Y-D Sketch. Um, And also, she started a Patreon. So, like, her thing this year is that she's only drawing... um, She's only drawing characters that represent the LGBTQ community or some other minority group. Um, And she always draws Hermione as black, and she is beautiful. Like, it's, like, my favorite portrayal of Hermione ever. And then also Harry is um, seen as half Indian. Mm -hmm. So her sketch for last month was Sirius and Remus. Actually, I guess that was January. February was Harry surrounded by his mom and dad's Patronuses, which was heartbreaking. So sweet. And I think that March she's doing something with Hagrid because he's considered to be half giant, which would be a minority group. Um, And she like seems really excited about it. I totally joined her Patreon because I love her sketches and she'll send you like a little five by seven of the sketch along with like a coordinating sticker that goes with it. So I just wanted to give her a shout out because I just love her work so much and I'm obsessed with it and I'm going to have like a whole room dedicated to Sid Sketch's um, (laughs) artwork. So (laughs) yeah, I highly recommend, but I'll put the link to her shop in our page notes. Um, Next, I wanted to talk about (laughs) the Dallas meetup that is going to happen. So Sarah, Katie, and myself will be in Dallas for the Dallas Fan Expo on March 28th. Um, We are only really there all day on Saturday, so our time is limited. But we did want to make sure that we could meet with people outside of the Fan Expo as well. So we did find a little like outdoor park that's right near the convention center called Pioneer Plaza. 
Um, they haven't released like the day schedule yet, so we don't have a time. They promised to release the schedule 14 days beforehand, so hopefully we'll know soon. Because like if there's going to be like a Q&A with the Weasleys or something like that, like we for sure want to be able to go and watch that. So I don't want to give you a time and then have that come up and it, you know, clashes. So we're going to wait to give a time until we get the schedule. Um, but it's going to take place on Saturday, March 28th at Pioneer Plaza. Cross your fingers and toes for no rain because it's outside. <laughs> so um, we'll let you know timing as soon as we know. <clears throat> And it's right by the convention center. Yeah, it's like so. across the street, like next yeah, to it. It's not, yeah, it's not very far. <clears throat> and then the very last thing that I wanted to talk about was so last month, Tiffany chose to donate $486 because we had 486 patrons to Esperanza. Um, mm-hmm. And what do they do again? Just like a refresher. So Esperanza um, is a nonprofit that basically just helps kids in the greater Cleveland area. Um, And actually, when you go on their website, you can put where you want your money to go toward. So I chose from this drop down menu, the greatest area of need. And I thought that that was kind of um, essential because working in the greater Cleveland area, I know that a lot of our kids need a lot so just knowing that our patrons um donated into the greatest area of need for these kids in cleveland just like makes my heart so incredibly happy and i did as far as putting like who the donation was from i said um swish and flip podcast patrons so in honor of all of you thank you so much um you are helping the kids of cleveland you're helping my kids yeah, that's cool. Um, so March is my turn to choose where we get to donate. And we now have 500 patrons. So the donation will be $500 because as of March 1st, that's how many that we have. And I chose Equality Now. And I am going to make that donation on March 8th, which is International Women's Day. So Equality Now is... Um, Basically, they fight for equality for women and girls because they want women, girls, men, and boys to be treated equally. That way, everybody wins. Um, Obviously, this podcast is woman-run, woman-led. It's very important to us to make sure that women are treated equally. So we want to thank our patrons so much for allowing us to donate 500 because that is like a huge amount. And that's so awesome. It is. Yeah. Um, It goes a long way. It really does. Basically what they do is like this goes towards like legal, like legal help that these women and girls may need for social change in, in different areas of the world. So it's not specific to a certain area. It is basically just where help is needed. This money goes to help with legal action for social change. So, good choice, man. Good choice, too. I'm excited to donate. I'm yeah. So March eighth, which is actually I think the day that this episode is gonna come out. So that it's will like be next next uh, next week. Next yeah. like Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, Saturday. Or Sunday. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, that is when I'm going to make the donation for International Women's Day. Woo-woo! Because women rule. Yeah. Tiffany. I need you in the camera. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize it wasn't in the camera. (laughs) 
I need to look at you. Lay it on me. <laughs> rubber, rubber, recap! And I thought about that one in the shower. I was like, you know what? We need to just go old school. <laughs> it was very gusto. <laughs> All right. Last time. The hearing. Or as we like to call it, the overdramatic trial. So we meet the most wonderful character in all of the Potter series, Dumbridge. Yay! <laughs> uh, Fudge does everything he can to try and convict Harry, but Mrs. Fig figs and Dumble Dumbles, and Harry's cleared of all charges. And everybody's drawn chairs. And everybody's drawn chairs, and they're squashy, and... I was really confused. I'm like, Mrs. Figs figs? Like, I thought you were just calling her that, like... She's just figging around, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a fig figging around. Oh my god. <laughs> like, really exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this is Puffs. <laughs> Sarah, you froze. Did you say something? Yep. Did you say? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, it's just, just gonna freeze again. Yeah, just for our listeners to know, um, because of the bout of swish sickness in the O'Malley home, um, my O'Malley home, we are recording via Skype today, so if we sound different, it's because the recording is different. But we're going to be back to normal um, next episode. Yep. All right. Are we? Hopefully, yeah. I think we are. Uh, it just means I have to go from work to your house. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, maybe not next episode. Because that is Soon, guys, soon. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Any hoosies. So, Harry's been cleared. Woo, 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 woo. And he's basically waiting to see, like, if he's allowed to leave. And so then, when he realizes he can, he runs. He books it out of the room um, to Mr. Weasley. And so then they leave. Uh, but not before, like, there's a parade of all the people walking out of the room. And his son walks out. And they don't even acknowledge each other. Sad tweet. Um, and then, before they leave, they also see Mr. Malfoy. Luscious Malfoy. He's conversing with Fudge. Interesting. Hmm. So everyone um, back at headquarters is very relieved that Harry has been cleared and he's going back to Hogwarts. They just knew it, but they're also relieved. Uh, and a few days later, Hogwarts letters have arrived. Alert, alert, we have new prefects. Ron and Hermione <laughs> have been chosen. They're the new chosen ones. They're prefects for Gryffindor. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> Wait, it's not Harry? No. Oh. Oh, we're gonna talk about it. Awkward turtles. Super awkward turtles. So, Harry is a little bit stunned by the abrupt departure of Dumbledore, because he's like, there, and boom, gone. It's almost like he apparated, but he didn't. He's just really fast. Um, (laughs) Harry's still sitting in the middle of the room, in the chair, and he's just shocked and relieved, all at the same time, because he, I don't think in his heart of hearts, he really thought that he was going to be able to go back. Yeah, I think he right. thought it was over, especially the way that the time was changed, the location was changed, the room that they were in, the whole, um, uh, like a full trial. And we need to come up with a different word for the wizen gamot, because I can't <laughs> handle it. Can we just call it the wizen? No. Because I can't handle the whole word. The whiz giz instead no. of the whiz priz. Whiz giz, got it. Oh. Done. Whiz gov. Welcome, welcome to the whiz giz. Guilty, guilty, guilty of being fat. 
fabulous. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> so the whole whizgiz are getting to their feet and they're gathering their things to leave. He feels super awkward because no one's paying attention to him except that good old toad-like witch on Fudge's right. So he doesn't know if he's free to go. He's trying to catch Fudge's eye or maybe Madame Bones's eye to be like, hey, yeah, no, you can go. But seriously, no one's paying him any attention. So he awkwardly, like, backs out. And it reminds me of the Homer Simpson meme where he backs into the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he run- Harry wrenches the door open and he almost runs into Mr. Weasley. So apparently Dumbledore had rushed past him, too, because Dumbledore also didn't tell... Well, he didn't tell Arthur the outcome. So here's what I got to... My my thoughts were thinking. It strikes me as odd. So it's almost as if Dumbledore is, like, afraid to be near Harry. So this was my initial thought before I dove deeper and, like, pulled from the end of the book. So it doesn't seem like it's only for the benefit of Harry. Like, something, something about this moment is odd. Like, it's not just good for Harry that he stays away it's good for Dumbledore that he also stays away we know that he's not afraid of Voldemort but it seems like a little bit much to like not even pause and be like innocent bye you know what I mean like he's gone yeah so I feel like Dumbledore's more so afraid of what would happen to Harry um not unlike how he tried to protect Ariana in not the most effective ways yeah. So it got me thinking and it made me want to pull from the end of the book. No. So, <laughs> what? <clears throat> so this is from chapter 37 and the title of that chapter is called The Lost Prophecy. And I'm going to read you a couple of quotes. So quote, I believed it could not be long before Voldemort attempted to force his way into your mind to manipulate and misdirect your thoughts. And I was not eager to give him more incentives to do so. Let that sink in. That's why he's not around, okay? Because Voldemort would have done that when he had figured it out. He would have for sure tried to see what Dumbledore was up to. Mm-hmm. I was sure that if he realized that our relationship was or had ever been closer than that of headmaster and pupil, he would seize his chance to use you as a means to spy on me. Totally would. I feared the uses to which he would put you, the possibility that he might try and possess you. Harry, I believe I was right to think that Voldemort would have made use of you in such a way. I was trying in distancing myself from you to protect you. An old man's mistake. So I just want everybody to keep those thoughts in mind when uh, I feel like probably the majority of people like to you know, I don't know how to say this, like go after Dumbledore, I guess, in a sense at the beginning of this book, but like hard choices have to be made. This isn't an easy situation. And no matter which way he would have gone about it. Okay. Do you want him ignoring you? And you know, you don't get possessed right at the beginning of the book because he eventually does. Um, Or, you know, do you want that possibility of Voldemort being able to to spy and use him and figure things out? Like, there was no easy answer for this. Either way, it would not have been desirable. Go ahead. 
I, I think for us, too, you, we always had to remember that, like, I would say 99% of us have read the books, have seen all the movies, so we know everything that's happening. We know in this reread all of the other things that happened with this book, with the next two. So for us, hindsight's twenty twenty. We know what's going to happen. Dumbledore, as much as he is, you know, a very smart guy, he's a powerful wizard, all of those things, he doesn't 100% know what the future holds, and he's literally just trying his that's what everyone yeah. is doing and he's trying I think you know like Tiffany was talking about with his sister he doesn't want that same situation to happen again for anyone so he he's just trying to do what he thinks is best and yeah you could also say like you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions but and hindsight is twenty twenty. like I, I think it's wrong for people to hate Dumbledore for like not talking to Harry he's just doing what he thought was best mm-hmm. is it a mistake it, you know i mean say? he he even says that it is yeah. i think he thinks the way that he went about it was a mistake but not what he did in the end mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he had to stay away from him whether you liked yeah. it or not i mean that's obviously my pepper in opinion but like the i think he thinks the way that he did it was a mistake because you know we we have all mm-hmm. said well, he could have he could have like told somebody to be like, "Yo, I'm doing this for a reason to calm him down and ease him." Yeah. Um. So maybe that's what he calls the mistake, Katie. Um, I totally agree with you guys. So my argument to this quote, this whole mm-hmm. time has been, and I'm gonna change it now because I'm realizing this. My argument was like, well, why couldn't Dumbledore just be like, "Harry, look, like this needs to happen. Like you're not alone." I don't think he could have even done that. If he's mm-hmm. trying to make it just headmaster pupil because he's so terrified I, that if it's I, anything more that Voldemort even gets a hint of, hey, Dumbledore yeah. said this to Harry to, like, distance, he's going to see that in his head. Voldemort can see absolutely everything in his head if he wants to, especially if Harry's vulnerable. So I don't even mm-hmm. think he could have done that. This was, like, in his mind, the only way he could protect Harry. I have to go, I have to go back on what I said this whole time. I mean, that's fine. That's what this pod is about, yeah. you know? I think, too, you know, we also had to remember, Harry's not, you know, dumb. Voldemort and, look, how am I trying to say this? So Dumbledore knows both of these people as students. Like, he knows them better than we do, realistically. And so he knows, like Katie was saying, like, Voldemort can see everything in Harry's head. And Voldemort himself is not dumb. So he could take one little tic-tac thing and realize like, okay, these are all the different things that he could be doing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a skilled wizard. You know, as as Ollivander said, he did great. Yeah, terrible things, but he also did great things. Um, mm-hmm. So, we're not dealing, I feel like, with the average wizard, you know, or average person. Mm-hmm. I think, too, that, like, um, adding on to what Katie said, like, if he had told him hey, um, I'm doing this because I cannot, like, I I just can't be close to you because I think that there's this connection, whatever. Voldemort also, like... Would have known that. Had, had he seen <laughs> yeah. that, he would have yeah. even... He would have tried even harder to be like, oh, well, let's manipulate this kid then. For sure. I'm going to put For things sure. in his head to, to force my way into Dumbledore and make mm-hmm. sure that I learn the things I need to learn because um, at the end of the day, I'm just manipulating a 15-year-old kid and I can do that in my sleep. 
So let's do it, you know? Mm-hmm. It almost makes it more dangerous for Harry if Voldemort were to give him a warning. For sure. You mean Dumbledore? Dumbledore. Yeah, I, <laughs> I knew exactly what you meant. Yes, it almost yeah, yeah. makes yeah. it more dangerous for Harry if Dumbledore were to say, hey, this is what needs to happen. Yeah, I agree. So, actually. like, so, it sucks, but the yeah. best thing, like, literally was to keep him in the dark, which is terrible. Yeah. I mean, sorry it took me, what, nine chapters to pull this. <laughs> For people to like think about these things as you go, but you know it. it no, nothing about this is easy. No, it it, yeah. it just can't be. So there are yeah. reasons for everything, and that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so where we stopped before we went into all of that, defending the Dumble. Uh, Harry informs Arthur that he's cleared of all charges. Hooray! The courtroom door opens again, and the Whiskers are all filling out, or filing out, rather. And Mr. Weasley is startled to see that Harry was tried by the full court. He even threw out a good Merlin's beard. My favorite. <laughs> Some said hi to Arthur. Some didn't look at him. And even Fudge and the toad-like one pretended that both Harry and Arthur didn't exist. And then last to walk out by them was none other than Percy. He completely ignored Arthur and Harry. Quote, he marched past clutching a large roll of parchment and a handful of spare quills, his back rigid and his nose in the air. The lines around Mr. Weasley's mouth tightened slightly, but other than this, he gave no sign that he had noticed his third son. That was a good bell. That was a good bell. And it's very I was like, like, it just just makes me sad. I think at this point, Mr. Weasley feels defeated with Percy. Like he, there's nothing else he can say. There's nothing he can do. He just needs to wait for Percy to come around and realize his mistake. And as much as that sucks, I just feel like Arthur knows that that's all he can do at this point. Yeah, he's probably Percy. thinking too. Like that's not who he raised, you know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Percy and Ron have these comeback moments. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. are like, I mean, at this point in time, <clears throat> they're both, both Percy and like Mr. Weasley, like, they're doing what they think is best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Percy's just naive, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll dive deeper into Percy's reasoning and character, definitely, for sure. So Arthur tells Harry that he will drop him off on his way to fix the toilet. And Arthur says something um, epically important. Quote, oh, it's a simple enough anti-jinx, said Mr. Weasley as they mounted the stairs, but it's not so much having to repair the damage. It's more the attitude behind the vandalism, Harry. Muggle-baiting might strike some wizards as funny, but it's an expression of something much deeper and nastier. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. If you, if you take this into, um, real-time life, context it can go as like young as kids poking fun at one another in school for certain things yeah whatever differences there are uh pick one anyone doesn't matter it could be anything um so i implore everyone to put a stop to it it always starts small so make sure that all your actions towards others are actions that are full of kindness and respect. Preach. 
It's no. crazy that you can you can put that towards like something as simple as you know someone teasing somebody at school mm-hmm. turning into massive bullying situation at school turning mm-hmm. into like massive worldwide racism etc like that sentence can be applied to so many things that go towards everyday life it's crazy well you even think like you don't know how your words can affect people you know what Mm -hmm. i mean in a positive or negative way for sure well and as kids grow and mature so do the things that they do um yeah so if we start by showing kindness and respect those things will grow and mature rather than um putting others down and and whatnot i mean pick a pick a undesirable behavior you know and there you go but that is uh that's my moment for today (laughs) be nice (laughs) uh arthur is broken off mid-sentence because as they reached the ninth level corridor fudge was there and he was talking quietly to a man with Sleek blonde hair. Would you Very say luscious. it's luscious? It's super lush. <laughs> and a familiar pointed pale face. His cold gray eyes are fixed upon Harry, and they too stopped mid sentence. I always think, like, what do gray eyes really look like? I'm going to Google it. Gray. I know, but like, <laughs> it's not a color that you like see a lot. You know. Mm. They all look blue-gray to me. Sorry, I'm now (laughs) gray eyes. Quote, Well, well, well. Patronus Potter, said Lucius Malfoy coolly. Nice alliteration there, Luscious. Mm. (laughs) Can we talk about how, like, childish that is? Well, I Patronus Potter. Patronus Potter. You get away with everything. Blah, blah, blah. Draco Malfoy could have said that. You know, I mean, but it doesn't matter. Right. And then something happens and it makes me really sad because Harry has a flashback of what happened to him previously. Quote, Harry felt winded as though he had just walked into something heavy. He had last seen those cool gray eyes through the slits in a Death Eater's hood and last heard the man's voice jeering in a dark graveyard while Lord Voldemort tortured him. He could not believe that Lucius Malfoy dared to look him in the face. He could not believe that he was here in the Ministry of Magic or that Cornelius Fudge was talking to him. But when Harry had told Fudge mere weeks ago that Malfoy was a Death Eater. But, you know, money talks louder than teenage boys in a a big (laughs) ego. Sorry, that's not funny because that's so true. It is. And here's the thing, like, this is part of Harry's trauma coming back. Um, oh, yeah. And. For sure. It's it's tough. I was just going to say, like, this is straight up PTSD. Like, the fact that he literally feels like he's, like, walking into a brick wall, you know, like, he sees those eyes and it just, like, all hits him. Like, that is, like, a triggering moment. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's written well. Yeah. And then Malfoy does something pretty gutsy, and I can't stand him. He taunts Harry with how very, quote, snake-like Harry was to have, quote, wriggled out of a very tight hole. And it's like he's saying, yeah, that was me in the graveyard, and you can't do anything about it. Like, you got away one time, um, and you're not going to be doing it again. For sure. But the wonderful... Yeah. The wonderful thing about Harry, though, is that even though he deals with... um, 
his PTSD and these strong emotions and his anxiety and having just gone through a hearing in the front of the entire Wizgiz and he is still able to fire back. And I want to be like him. I want to be like him in the moments where I'm feeling, you know, these these um, anxious feelings that he, he has. And he goes, yeah, said Harry. Yeah, I'm good at escaping. <laughs> so, <laughs> shut it. Escape. I think that we should just call Mr. Malfoy Richard Malfoy. Oh my gosh. Richard Malfoy. Richard Luscious <laughs> Malfoy. Good old Rich. <laughs> Richie Ma- Rich. Malfoy can't really say anything back to that, so he turns to Arthur and tries to belittle him so he can feel like a big shot again. So he asks Arthur why he's there, and Arthur's like, do I work here? And he goes, not here, surely, said Mr. Malfoy, raising his eyebrows and glancing towards the door over Mr. Weasley's shoulder. I thought you were up on the second floor. Don't you do something that involves sneaking muggle artifacts home and bewitching them? Low blow, bro. <laughs> is Arthur's is like, just like five? Honest to God. Seriously. But you know what? Adults like him in real time life act do like this. this. Yes. Yes. Yep. You know, they're trying to be a big man on campus and be like, I can say these things. I'm not going to let a 15 year old outwit me. Mm-hmm. Dude, so- he beat your guy. Not once, by the end of it, twice. He's gonna sneak away, and he's better than you, so bye. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur says no, and he digs his fingers into Harry's shoulder, which kind of made me laugh, because you know he's irritated. But he's trying not to show it, so he's like... Uh, and he inquires why Malfoy is also down here, because he doesn't belong. He tells him that private matters between him and the Minister of Magic are none of his concern. And then he does something that is super extra. He smooths the front of his robes and gold jingles in his pocket. Really, just because you are Dumbledore's favorite boy, you must not expect the same indulgence from the rest of us. Okay, dude. And then they strode off together. Do, 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 do. Like skipping down a meadow. <laughs> hand in hand. Isn't there, there's like a video of somebody dressed as Voldemort skipping through a meadow, isn't there? Online? There is. <laughs> I don't know, there but is. I want to see it if there is. You have, I guarantee you've seen it. He's like, dee, 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 dee. yeah. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Discord. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to end with a little quote here. Why wasn't he waiting outside Fudge's office if they've got business to do together? Harry burst out f- furiously. What was he doing down here? Trying to sneak down to the courtroom, if you ask me, said Mr. Weasley, looking extremely agitated as he glanced over his shoulder as though making sure that they could not be overheard. Trying to find out whether you've been expelled or not. I'll leave a note for Dumbledore when I drop you off. He ought to know Malfoy's been talking to Fudge again. What private business do they have together anyway? Gold, I expect, said Mr. Weasley angrily. Malfoy's been giving generously to all sorts of things for years. Gets him in with the right people, then he can ask favors, delay laws he doesn't want passed. Oh, he's very well connected, Lucius Malfoy. Scum, bye. Sounds a lot like our government at times. (laughs) This is just straight up the bad side of politics, and like it's scary that this is real. Yeah, that's real. Money drives. But I feel like it's not even just politics. Like I. Yeah. Seen, um, and I like have said because I've worked with I've worked in where I've worked 
for like 10 years and you see like people that know people like they I mean pick a profession almost, it's everywhere yeah you know like if, yeah. the, if you know someone like you're gonna get treated differently which I I don't because I don't think that's right you know what I mean like everyone should be treated especially like in a hospital setting like a patient's a patient no matter who they know or all of that stuff so it's sad that this happens mm-hmm. in my opinion yep Mm-hmm. According to my pepper. <laughs> um, okay, so the lift arrives and it was empty minus a flock of memos, which I thought was just kind of like a funny little phrase. Um, but Harry suggests in the lift that if Fudge is seeing Death Eaters and alone, how do we know that he isn't under the Imperius curse? And first of all, I think that that's really... Um, that's cool of Harry to notice. Like, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Like, observant. It's observant. Yes, that's very observant of Harry. Um, well, he's already thinking like an aura would think. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. He's had all this experience already, and it's such like he's so young, <laughs> and he's already thinking like that. Like, that's very like proactive of him to be thinking mm-hmm. that way. Also, like, the difference between how Harry saw Fudge last, not the parting of the ways, but, like, how Harry was treated by Fudge before, and now Mm -hmm. it's almost like Harry might think he has to be under some kind of influence, because, like, what the hell? It's very different. (laughs) It's, like, night and day, right? Yeah. It's because it, it just, it baffles him completely that all of this evidence can be in front of you and you're still making the decisions that you are. Mm-hmm. It's just yep. like how we say we don't understand how people can be like mean, like we don't understand mean people. Well, that's a good thing because it means that we aren't that way. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's a right. good thing that he's, he's not that way. Yeah. Um, and Arthur basically is like, Oh, it's been discussed. Like, but that being said, Dumbledore does not think that he is under it yet. He thinks he's acting of his own accord, which isn't really much comfort because it's just, again, like you guys were saying, like, it's surprising that Fudge would be a totally different person a couple of months ago. And now all of a sudden he, you know, yeah, willful ignorance. So um, they exit the lift and the atrium is also nearly deserted because it's you know it's not arriving time everybody's in their offices it's pretty empty out up there except for good old eric munch who is eating his lunch (laughs) eric munch (laughs) Uh, but actually no he's just reading some quote good old daily prophet aka not good he should probably stop reading it but anyway um (laughs) Him and Arthur walk right past the fountain before Harry remembers the little promise that he made to himself. This is a quote from the book. It says, He looked up into the handsome wizard's face, but up close, Harry thought he looked rather weak and foolish. The witch was wearing a vapid smile like a beauty contestant, and from what Harry knew of goblins and centaurs, they were most unlikely to be caught staring this soppily at humans of any description. Mm-hmm. Only the house elf's attitude of creeping serv servility looked un- looked convincing with a grin at the thought of what Hermione would say if she could see the statue of the elf Harry turned his money bag upside down and emptied not just 10 galleons but the whole contents into the pool at the statue's feet yes Tiffany I find it interesting that in the magical world they don't move 
Yeah, the statues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Just, I think um something they do think. in the in the muggle world they do sometimes. <laughs> like when there's people. <laughs> I had to think about that for a minute. Um, I was like, what? I just find the description like talking about the description of like the wizard and the witch and the goblin and the centaur. It's, it's interesting. just so bogus. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's no. It's interesting to me that like they would be portrayed this way. Mm-hmm. It's it's just very uh, real, honestly, because this is the wizard government trying to portray what they think is true mm-hmm. in this statue, when in reality it's not, and it's all a farce, and it's just very much like real time life. So yeah. Um, yeah, like if that's really what you think they're like looking at you, like okay, open your eyes. Right. Yeah, it's just like, <sighs> like what gives you the right to think you're so high and mighty? It's a wand. But I do like that Harry says that he thinks that the wizard looked rather weak and foolish. Yeah. And then of course they would make the witch wear this smile that looks like a beauty contestant. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, and get of out course of here. the lesser creatures quote are just staring up at them in awe like no that's not true so um so anyway they get back to number 12 and ron and hermione were super excited that harry got off on the trial ron literally punches the air and says i knew it and hermione says they were bound to clear you there was no case against you at all and harry uh (laughs) (laughs) Harry makes note that they all seem quite relieved, even though they all knew he was going to get off, Um, which, you know, obviously, I think that, you know, realistically, it shouldn't have been an issue with him getting off, but they all knew how corrupt the government is right now, and that's why they were so nervous. Right. Even though, like, at the beginning of this chapter, or most of the episode, well, I guess it's true, that Arthur was like, wow, they had, like, a full court, like, you know, in there. Like, he even was like, ooh. He was surprised, yeah. Um, So, where did I leave off? So, um, Mrs. Weasley was even crying, which I find sweet, but also, like, the relief she must be feeling at this point, just to, like, know that all is well, it worked out the way that it should have. Is this kid gonna have to live in another room I gotta build on my house? (laughs) Right. No, he'll show her Ginny. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then Fred, George, and Ginny start dancing and chanting. And this reminds me a lot of in the movie, whenever they were at the uh, Triwizard Tournament. Oh, four. yeah. No, not the Triwizard Tournament. You mean the... Um, the Quidditch, Quidditch Cup. Yep, the Quidditch Cup. When World they're Cup. like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like dancing around, chanting about Crumb. <laughs> and I... <laughs> um, so crumb, that's crumb. kind of like what they were doing in the kitchen. And Mr. Weasley, while he was smiling, told them to settle down. And he then turns to Sirius, Mr. Weasley turns to Sirius, and goes that, and tells him about the fact that Luscious was at the ministry. And he was talking to Fudge on level nine and went to Fudge's office together with him and that Dumbledore ought to know. Um, Dumbledore ought to know. Is that the lowest level? (laughs) I think. I think. (laughs) I'm sorry. Keep reading. I'll tell you what I found later. Okay. Tiffany. <laughs> no! <gasps> okay. Tell me now. Dante's nine circles of H-E double hockey sticks. Level nine is fraud. Oh. Whoa. 
That's cool. I like that. Tiffany. That's totally on purpose. That's totally on purpose. That's cool. Um, so Mr. Weasley heads back to the ministry after telling them that there's a vomiting toilet in Bethnal Green. He won't be back until late because he's covering for Tonks tonight, which we found out in like the previous chapter or two because Tonks was falling asleep on her watch duties. So um, Mr. Weasley said he would cover for her. And then he also said that Kingsley may stop by for dinner. So Mrs. Weasley, of course, tells Harry that now that he's cleared, all is well, let's sit down, you can have lunch now, you barely touched your breakfast, which is a very motherly thing to do. Did they invite mm-hmm. Eric Munch? They should have invited Eric Munch. Just he was having brunch with his family. <laughs> <laughs> but he could have come for lunch <laughs> as another meal. Um, so... Second breakfast? <laughs> yes. I yeah. mean, I think he was available, it's just a hunch. <laughs> <laughs> Megan's trying to think of another untoward. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> They're going to eat Captain Crunch. <laughs> oh, that's... No, there's something... I, I, I was looking at my notes before we started, and there was, like, something weird going on with, like, something I had copy-pasted from the book, and then I pasted the whole wrong thing here, because this is, like, a double... Never... Don't mind me. So, anyway... Alright. Um <laughs> I think that it's Creature pokes his head in his snout like nose into the kitchen to investigate the source of all the noise. But I feel like there was more that I was supposed to copy there. Anyway, okay, so Ron then says that of course once Dumbledore shows up, there's no way that they would convict him. And Harry agreed, but then felt childish for thinking in his head, I wish he'd talked to me though, or even looked at me. And as he thought this, his scar burned why was that the horcrux thinking why did his scar just immediately burn just by thinking that isn't that weird i didn't think about it isn't that weird (sighs) tiffany's like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) hey i'm just saying i'm just saying I I don't know. It was that was just like super. I was like, what? Why would that? He he didn't say it, but he thought that. What are you looking up? Nothing. I'm writing down a lightning bolt question. Oh, um, sorry. So anyway, I thought that that was interesting and maybe a little. Uh, did you think it was interesting? I did. How right yeah. is Tiffany lately? <laughs> no, I disagree. Why did How it burn though? Since... Then is that like Isn't what that other weird? reason could it have burned? I don't know, maybe it was just a coinky-dink. Scar is on fire. (laughs) There are no coinky-dinks in Potter. That is true. I I mean, I don't know. Um, So Hermione looks alarmed because she notices Harry, you know, has a moment of pain. She's like, what's up? And he just says, Scar. But it's nothing. It happens all the time now. None of the others oh, had really? Yeah. None of the others had oh. noticed a thing. All of them were now helping <laughs> themselves to food while gloating over Harry's narrow escape. Fred, George, and Ginny were still singing. Hermione looked rather anxious, but before she could say anything, Ron said happily, I bet Dumbledore turns up this evening to celebrate with us, you know. I don't think he'll Our be pet. able to, Ron, said Mrs. Weasley, <laughs> setting a huge plate of roast chicken down in front of Harry. He's really very busy at the moment. Yeah, busy not seeing you. Yeah. Oh my oh god. Oh lord. <laughs> Tiffany. 
Everybody just needs to come to the dark side. Come on over. Today, yeah. You know why? You're wearing a hat. Wearing a hat. Oh my god. I don't have a hood on, but I have my Slytherin sweatshirt on. I'll be a snake with you today. Okay. <laughs> so no, over, crazy. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Over the next few days, Harry uh, he notices that there's one person at number twelve who doesn't seem to share the same enthusiasm as everybody else about Harry going back to Hogwarts. Oh, honey, gotta get back to Hogwarts. (laughs) Who is that? Who's what? Oh, is that a very Potter musical? Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Who's what? I was like, is it Harry and the Potters? No. (laughs) No. Um, So when Harry had gotten home from his hearing, quote, Sirius had put up a very good show of happiness on first hearing the news, wringing Harry's hand and beaming just like the rest of them. But... That didn't really last very long. Soon he was even moodier and surlier than before. He even talked less to everybody, even Harry, and he <clears throat> spent more and more time shut up in his mother's room with Buckbeak. Yes, Tiff? I think this is a very good example of how Sirius and his growth yes. to adulthood yes. was stifled. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. Um... And it makes me really sad for him. And it makes me sad for Harry, too, that he has to, you know, feel bad, you know. Yeah. Because he does. He feels a little guilty. Yeah. I think that had he been allowed out, I don't think he would have been, um, like, this shut off completely. I think he still would have had a lot of feelings, but at least he would feel less. I agree. Because, like, if if his anime gets as a dog... Um, like, I, I think of, like, Fozzie, like, literally, like, when it's nice out, like, he just wants to be outside, he would be outside the entire day, because he loves it, you know what I mean? Like, dogs don't always want to stay inside, unless it's raining, then he won't go outside, but, like, it, that's, that's Sirius's whole thing, like, he probably, as much as, like, it kind of sucked being on the run and everything, but at least he was free and able to, like, be out in the element and the wind and the fresh air and all of those things and now he's like cooped up he's thinking probably in his head like oh Harry's gonna be expelled and we're gonna be able to have like time together and like go and do things and then no and he's still cooped up yeah yeah and um as I was thinking and Eddie in the chat pointed out like this makes the loss of Sirius even harder because this is lost time with Sirius, yeah. which you never mm-hmm. know that. I think it's very important to reiterate the fact that, like, every moment is precious and you need to live in the moment and, like, you never know. Like, that's really sad and scary to think of, but, like, this is a perfect example of it. Sirius really doesn't have a lot of time left on Earth and this is time that he could have been spending with Harry when he's already missed out on 12 years. Yeah. But he's just consumed by this, which, yeah, it's just, it sucks on so many levels. Yeah, I mean, it, this is also one of those things that um, is a good reminder for us is to use our time wisely and with the ones we love and doing what we love as much as we yeah. can. Right. Yeah. Right. So Harry confides in Ron and Hermione, um, and immediately Hermione's like, don't you go feeling guilty. You belong mm-hmm. at Hogwarts. Sirius knows that. Personally, I think he's being selfish. And Ron says, hey, that's a bit harsh. Like, you wouldn't want to be stuck in this house without any company. And Hermione is like, he'll have company. There's the order comes and goes. He just got his hopes up that Harry would be coming to live with him. 
Um, but Harry's like, I don't know if that's true, because I kind of asked him the exact same thing when I didn't know what the outcome of my trial was going to be, and Sirius wouldn't give me a straight answer. So Hermione insists, like, no, he just didn't want to get his hopes up. Um, he's probably feeling a little guilty himself because she thinks a part of Sirius was hoping Harry would be expelled so that they could be outcasts mm. together. Um, <clears throat> Harry and Ron disagree, but Hermione just shrugs and she's like, suit yourselves, but I think sometimes Ron's mom is right and Sirius get confused about whether you are you or your father, Harry. <clears throat> so she doesn't think that Sirius is crazy. She just thinks he's been very lonely for a very long time. <clears throat> so we kind of talked about this. But I wanted to know what you guys thought. Like, do you think Sirius really was hoping? Not like, I don't think he was like, yes, please get expelled. But I think there might have been a small part of him just because he has been lonely for so long. And as Tiffany was pointing out, he didn't get to grow up. He's still in that, like, very early young adult stage. So to have that thought, I don't think it's very outlandish. No, I, I short answer, yeah. I think there was a small part of him hoping, but... I mean, I think, he feel, I think he feels bad for hoping it, too. I think two things. I think we also forget that, like, how young he still is. Like, he's only, Correct. what, like, yeah. 35, 30 36 something. years old? Yeah. <clears throat> and so, like, I'm not that I'm, like, super close to being that age, but, like, if you're going to tell me now, like, these things, like, I still feel like I'm a kid sometimes. Yep. But, and there's also times where, like, you know, you're having thoughts about, like, he's probably part of him is hoping like Harry's gonna like go back to school cause like he knows those are like the best days really of his life where times are like at Hogwarts with the Marauders and his friends and all of that stuff so he knows that Harry like should go back to school and all of those things but he also part of him selfishly is probably thinking like I would love for him to be here so like I'm not lonely but also like I can have a bit of my friend back right um, but then he's probably <laughs> feeling guilty for feeling that way you know like it makes me think of like in the um, Hermione talking about like how Joe feels about like kissing Harry and all of those feelings like mm-hmm. yes so you know we're all complex people and he's probably thinking and feeling like a million different things and he's that's probably why he's shutting himself out yeah yeah and it, and it could be that like I said uh just quickly before you started is that you know he could be shutting himself out because maybe he feels like oh man he's not saying and it could also be that he feels really bad and he's beating himself up for for mm-hmm. wanting him to you know have been found guilty right yeah yeah and, and he yeah, probably I, too i think we see a lot with lupin and with sirius is that really they're really hard on themselves yeah um and that this could be a result of that i think too like <clears throat> there are probably are times and we see it you know later on like that he does think of him as James sometimes I think he like almost forgets but he's also probably beating himself and being like he's not James like this is Harry like he's both Lily and James you know a lot yeah. of emotions swirling around he's like arguing with himself almost fighting yeah. with himself Max. one of my all time favorite add ins from the yeah. movie is Sirius saying nice one James like that was just ingenious that was such a good line to add mm-hmm. I'm surprised mm-hmm. it wasn't in the book honestly like it just it fits so well it flowed so well and I think that serious like I agree with everything that you guys are saying like he has to be feeling guilty I'm sure that he probably was just grasping on to that worry that everyone else was thinking 
Like, mm-hmm. oh, shoot, the government really might expel him. And Sirius was like, yeah, they might. Wow, what would that be like? And then he, like, thought of all these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was grasping on to. Yeah. And then, yeah, when it didn't happen, of course he felt guilty because he was like, why would I want that for Harry? Like, I don't, obviously. Yeah. It was just like in the moment, like, oh, my gosh, I would have a friend, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, th- I mean, this is real feelings that people would have. Maybe right. the situations are, yeah. are different. I know. But, like, <clears throat> yeah. There are times with me that I've had, like, feelings somewhere, you know, in, like, a situation where, like, realistically, like, it's better turning out this way. But at the same time, like, I wish it had gone this way. You know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. just, it's very realistic, I feel like. Yeah, it's easy to connect with. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, Meg, what you said, I think we've all, like, said that a couple times. Like, we love that line that they added in. For the first time ever, the other day, I saw a post about someone who cannot stand that add-in. And I need to find it. It was somewhere on Tumblr. I'll have to find it. But I was, like, shocked. So That's, like, my favorite add-in. It's not my favorite, but I can I can see how people could go like either way on it. I I enjoy it, uh, but it is like a it's a confusing moment because of what happens after that. So it like kind of diverts your attention really quick, and then it, all of a sudden the spell's thrown. So it's like I could I could just see that that somebody wouldn't like it, but yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's just a personally. I think it's a deep. Um, it lets you know who he is. It's a mm. deep representation of, like, how Sirius views Harry. And Harry sees it as, like, oh, my God, he thinks I'm, like, one of his best buds. His, his you bros, know what I mean? Like, man. yeah, they're just, it's a deep connection, even though they haven't had a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. That was a nice, uh... <laughs> I love it. Um, so <clears throat> Mrs. Weasley peeks in because the trio is scrubbing out an old cupboard, as they've been doing, like, every day this whole summer. The poor things. So she peeks in and she seems to think they should have been finished by now. And Ron is kind of like, I thought you were coming and tell me we could have a break. Like, we've been doing this forever. And uh, she's like, well, you were so keen to help the order. Like, you can do your part by helping to make headquarters fit to live in, which is like such a mom thing. Such a mom thing. (laughs) And Ron's like, I feel like a house elf. Oop, buddy, you need to watch what you say, because here goes Hermione. She's launching into SPEW mode. Just say SPEW. All right, Just say it. Herm's going into spew <laughs> mode. Um, she's basically like, well, maybe now you'll understand the dreadful lives they lead, and maybe now you'll be a bit more active with spew. Um, and then she, Meg, this made me think of you. She, like, launches into, like, she's like, oh, my God, we could do a sponsored scrub of Gryffindor Common Room. All proceeds to spew. It'll raise awareness. It'll raise funds. And then Ron, thankfully, That's Hermione did <laughs> I know. Um, and it's a good idea. Ron mutters so she can't hear. She's like, I'll, he's like, I'll sponsor you to shut up about spew. That's. <laughs> I texted you guys that when I yes. read that line. I was like, dude, this is Ron on point. <laughs> I enjoyed that so much. It's Because it's I could just see him doing, I'll sponsor you to shut up about spew. <laughs> I feel like that's something I would say. Yep. <laughs> It made me think of how far he comes to comes too, because then in seven he he like yeah. says something about the house elves, and that's what makes Hermione kiss him. Like, so cute. Mm-hmm. They all just they all glow up, guys. Oh my god! So Harry's daydreaming more and more about Hogwarts as the days go on, 
He misses Hagrid. He misses Quidditch. Who doesn't? Right? And he just thinks about how he wants to leave this dusty, musty house, but he's very careful not to say any of this within earshot of Sirius because he's already in a testy mood and he knows that that's the root of his problems, pretty much. So, um, And I thought this was really interesting. Harry admits that living at headquarters of the anti-Voldemort movement really isn't nearly as interesting or as exciting as Harry would have expected it to be before he got there and experienced it for himself. So sure, you have members of the order coming and going. Um, sometimes they stay for meals. Sometimes it's just long enough for like a real quick whispered conversation. Um, but Mrs. Weasley really made sure that they all stayed out of the loop. And no one, not even Sirius, seemed to think that Harry needed to know anything more than what he had heard the first night he had gotten there. Such a Gryffindor thing. That it's like, living at the Order's headquarters is not as exciting as you thought it was going to be. You know? <laughs> right? So adventurous. <laughs> um, alright. It's my turn now. Shut up and listen. <laughs> don't put your hands in the air. I don't want to hear your thoughts. Any hoosies. So it's basically the last day of their holidays. Um, and Ron brings in, and I don't know why it's brought in there, Hogwarts letters, with their book list. Woohoo! Um, and Ron notes that it has come a lot later than it normally does. Um, and so he starts reading the book list and then like Fred and George come in and it's part, he like stops talking and I think it's part of what he gets in the letter and part of them like cracking into the room. Um, so the first book that we hear is the standard book of spells by Miranda Goshawk. Is that how you pronounce her last Goss- name? I think we said Goshawk. Goshawk. I don't know. Sure. Um, know she is the author that specialized in charms writing spell books. What? Writing charms spell books. Sorry. Um, and they're used in Hogwarts, obviously. I'm not going to read all the, There's like a stuff from um, the wiki about her. And I don't feel like reading it. Oh. And we've talked about her before. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the next book is Defensive Magical Theory by Wilbert Slinkard. Slinkhard? Slinkard? Yep. Slinkhard. <laughs> Slinkhard. Slinkhard. Um, okay. <laughs> and so we know he's a wizard this is also from the wikia who authored the book defensive magical theory and it was approved by the british minister of magic as a suitable textbook for the defense against the dark arts classes um so let's get one thing straight with this yes theory books are great but they're not practice yep yeah you can study theory study theory study theory but until you put that theory into practice it is still just theory well you know what they say practice makes perfect and isn't there that one thing it's like um people use i've seen it gone around and i think i've seen it in the group where like you know um you know you shouldn't fear the man that practices like a thousand kicks like to be like all right you should fear the man that practices one kick a thousand times and mm-hmm. then it talks about like mm-hmm. Harry being like perfect doing Expelliarmus like perfectly or whatever. Do you, I, I actually read a quote uh, by someone and there, it was fitness related, but instead of saying practice makes perfect, they said practice makes progress. And I thought yeah, that I was like good. That. I like I that. that was yeah. Um, so, and then the twins are kind of like, oh, I wonder who they assigned, who assigned the book. 
Um, because it must mean that Dumbledore finally found someone that was going to teach defense against the dark arts because they had heard a couple weeks back they had been eavesdropping on their parents talking about Dumbledore was having a really hard time finding someone to fill the Mm -hmm. position and then they're like well who would want the position anyway so like we know at least from what we've seen with Harry in the past four years there's been four teachers Mm -hmm. Um, and before then I believe every year it's someone different anyways so since Harry's been there, the first one, he's dead. The second one doesn't remember much of anything. The third one was fired. And then the last one was uh, locked in a trunk for nine months. So it doesn't seem like it's a position that people want to go into. It's coist. I'm sorry. The third one was not fired. He left by his own will. He resigned. Oh, he resigned. Okay. He resigned. I mean, that's true. But in, in this book, they literally <laughs> quote, one was sacked. <laughs> so he left. I think it was one of those things. And I don't. I shouldn't say it like this, because Dumbledore would not have fired him. He left before the rest of those people, like, on the board could fire him, you, you know? You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, you're not wrong. Um, and oh, so God. they finally realized, you know, that Ron has been quiet this entire time, which is not usually Ron. Mm-hmm. So Fred kind of, like, moves closer to see to him to see, like, what's wrong, and then they both are standing there with their mouths open. Prefect, he said, staring incredulously at the letter. Prefect. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, the twins don't believe that Ron is a prefect. So they're holding up the letter at the light, making sure it's real. Brad even says there's been a mistake. And the twins look at Harry and say, basically, like, they thought for sure that Harry would have been the one to make prefect. Yes. Can I just say this? Hate me if you must. Harry shouldn't have been prefect, and neither should Ron. Why shouldn't Ron have been prefect? They could have chosen someone else. Ron is not <laughs> prefect material, in my opinion, as far Would as Would you say goes. that Remus Lupin is prefect material? Absolutely. More more so than his friends, yeah. Vinny I would have never chosen Ron. Vinny there are says Dean. other Gryffindors in that year. I yeah, do agree Dean, that Dean probably should have Whatever. Been. No, Ron. Hermione makes perfect sense. Ron I will, does not. I will fight you. Ron is better <laughs> than anybody I've Get ever me. met in my entire life. <laughs> Anywho's. All right. <laughs> so um, they're basically like Ron or Harry would have been the one to make prefect. They were sure that Dumbledore was bound to pick him. Like he won the tournament, but you know he's also done a lot of rule breaking. Um. And George mentions how Molly is going to be revolting. (laughs) (laughs) And he gives gives Ron his badge back, like, thrusts it in his hand. Um, And he says, uh, or from the book, it says, Ron, who still had not said a word, took the badge, stared at it for a moment, and then held it out to Harry as though asking mutely for confirmation that it was genuine. (laughs) Harry took it. A large P was superimposed on the Gryffindor lion. He had seen a badge like this, just like this, on Percy's chest on his very first day at Hogwarts. So then just now, like, Hermione runs into the room with her letter, and she sees Harry with the badge in his hand, and she excitedly says that she, too, has been made prefect, and she just knew that Harry would have as well. But Harry corrects her, saying it's Ron's badge, not his. Um, And I'm going to read... From the chapter. If you I'm gonna to... do a poll on Twitter real quick. So uh, I will pull the data at the end of this episode and we'll see. I'm gonna ask should Ron have been made a prefect. This is like if you wanna cringe. I think, people... I think Ron should have been. 
I'm okay with it being prefect. People give him don't give him enough credit. He's smart. He is resourceful. I think that he, um, especially if he's like with Hermione, she's probably a little bit more rule abiding and more willing to like follow them. But like, he's also not gonna like let people get away with stuff. Good to yes. Okay, so from a teacher standpoint, unless. Dumbledore is doing this to get Harry to maybe follow rules more or to push Ron to his full potential, then I can see him being made a prefect. But other than that, like, as far as being a role model for other students, I'm not hating on Ron. I love Ron, but he's not a role model for other students as far as behavior and as far as having his his academics are all right. I'm not talking about grades, but I'm talking about study habits and things of that nature. That's fair. I think Dumbledore was just a Ron and Hermione shipper. I think too that, like you said, that he needs to reach his full potential. And I think that that's a way of doing it. That's, I mean, that's fine. No, I said that like, like a lot of the times, like it, I'm not agreeing with you completely. Don't get excited. Don't get your knickers in a twist. (laughs) (laughs) But like sometimes if we have uh, in the teaching world, if you have a student that maybe has some trouble uh, with behavior, whatever it is, if you give them a job, they often rise to the occasion, so to speak. So, I mean, if Dumbledore was doing that, like I said before, sure, make him a prefect. I also think that like, there's a big difference between like Ron and the twins. Like the twins obviously um aren't like their siblings were like Bill Headboy, Charlie Quidditch Captain, right? Wasn't he? And yeah, like think so. went that route. And then Percy Headboy. And then the twins themselves are like more um they're the twins, you know what I mean? Like they're they are kind of goofballs ish, you know they like pranks they like doing all of those things obviously they they not aren't too troubled with like their studies because they are gonna leave hogwarts in this book but like with ron i think that they they see what he can become um and like i think he needs this push in order to yeah realize his full potential and he he is smart and he is a good student i think that he's a good balance of like between what do you mean when you say he's a good student well, like, I think that people genuinely forget that he's, like, intelligent. And, yes, like, I think that they assume that, like, Hermione's doing all of his work for him and, like, all of those things. Like, he's not skeeving off of class or anything. Coming up with the definition of a good student, I think, involves more than how smart one is. I would um, agree. I could pull from Marty, for example, and from your, yourself. Would you have called yourself a good student in high school? I'm still Probably. not a good student. There you Here's are. The but it doesn't I mean that you're that... not intelligent. Marty is I'm not saying that either, but I think that like with... He wasn't a good student. <laughs> but with Ron, I think that he... He's like a realistic person. Like Percy, always studying. Ron maybe didn't have to do that as much. Like we've talked with Chris Rankin pal. He was like, you know... Well, I guess... I don't know if he said this on our podcast, but I think he said this at the Arrington convention about like if you really think about it like 
people are always like he's the smartest one you know what I mean because he's constantly studying and I think a big part with Hermione constantly studying is that she felt like she needed to prove to herself and to others that she just because she's muggle-born doesn't mean she's any less so for her studying hard and getting the best grades possible that's her proving that she has a right to be there and that her blood status has nothing to do with how intelligent and how good of a witch she can be. So I think with Ron, he might not have to work as hard, but I think he also is like, like an everyman student. You know what I mean? Like he, for the most part, follows the rules. He's, you know, a fan of Quidditch. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I think that he's a good mix of his brothers where like Charlie and the twins, not so much Charlie, but like the twins are like completely left field. Like, don't necessarily care as much and then there's Percy who's like always studying and Bill who's like Bill and Charlie so Bill and- would you would you say like Ron does just enough he's that every he's that everyday I guy that does I would just say. enough no. I just think he's well rounded in my opinion I, a well rounded Ron really reminds me of Remus in a lot of ways in terms of like how he is as a student and like his friends, you know. I mean, and Harry. I mean, like honestly, Ron and Harry, I think, are very similar in a lot of ways. Like they, neither of them really have to try super hard in school. They do okay. They, um, they they break the rules, but it's not like they're breaking the rules like Fred and George break the rules. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Ron and Harry break the rules, but. It's they literally to, like, save the wizarding world ways. most times. Like, okay, they brewed the Polyjuice Potion, and that was against the rules, but, like, they were doing it because they thought that they needed to, you know? I don't, I don't know. Just as a teacher, I just, I just think about Ron and how, you know, he and Harry would, like, make up their dream diaries, or Hermione would highly edit their work, or sometimes Hermione did Ron's work for him. So that's, that's just what comes to my mind. But I think that people forget that, like, obviously, like, he, she can't be with him when she, he's taking, like, his tests and doing all those things. I think majority of those people did, made up that stupid dream journal thing. You know what I mean? Like, and it's divination. That's not even real. <laughs> <laughs> to their credit, their stuff came yeah, true. To their credit, their stuff did come true. That is, that is accurate. And, and I think that, like, you know, when you think of the trio, you think, like, you know, Harry, he's he's the the chosen one, and he's the one that is powerful and able to do all of these things. And then there's Hermione, she's the brains. And I think that people just assume, not assume, but like, you know, they're like, oh, Ron's just there for like, you know, um, comic relief and all of those things. But he, I, each one of them is very valuable in their own ways. Um, and I don't like when people say that name. And I think that... Um, not yeah. what I'm talking about. I just disagree with you. I think he's would. I think he is and made a good prefect. Is Ron more That's tomato fine. or sauce? <laughs> he's full tomato. Got it. Teddy over here thinks that it's just ginger representation, and that that's mm. why Ron became prefect. Okay. Good call, Teddy. Somebody gotta rep the gingers. Somebody in the Discord chat brought up Ron Bulldor, and it gave me life. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mia, or Maya? Did I say it right? But anyways, I'm going to read from the chapter now. Sorry to do all that. 
Because <clears throat> she's like, um, hold on, what did I write? Sorry. Threw everyone off. Yeah, he did. Um, so basically, like Hermione's come in, and she's like, "Harry, you're prefect," and he's like, "Not me, it's Ron." And she's like, "Ron," said Hermione, her jaw dropping. But are you sure? I mean, she turned red as Ron looked around at her with a defiant expression on his face. "It's my name on the letter," he said. Ooh. I said, Hermione, looking thoroughly bewildered. I well, wow, well done, Ron. That's really unexpected," said George, nodding. No, said Hermione, blushing harder than ever. No, it's not. <clears throat> Ron's done loads of... He's really... And then, basically, that's when Mrs. Weasley comes in. But, like, I don't know. I think people underestimate Ron. It's just what I think. You've Am said I... that a thousand oh, times. We know We know this. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> fired up when people be mean to my Ron. Anyway, so Molly comes in with clean clothes for the boys to put away, and she's talking about how Ginny said the book list has come. She wants them to give, um, like, she wants them to give her their lists so she can go and buy their supplies. And she's like, to Ron, I'm going to get you some new pajamas because his are six inches too short. And so she's like, "Um, what color do you want? And George says, oh, you should get him red and gold to match his badge. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? And Fred repeats... Um, his badge, his new shiny prefix badge. And she's like, what? His? But Ron, you're not? And he's like, yep. Anyway, so she shows yep. his badge. Yep. She shows, or he shows him her badge and she lets out a shriek. She's so excited and proud, to say the least. She can't wait to let Arthur know. And this is the first step to becoming head boy like Bill and Percy. Even though isn't James Potter head boy and he was never prefect. Yeah. So she asks him what he wants. They got Percy an owl, but Ron already has one. And then she's like, dress robes? And Fred's like, already, we already got him some. And then they're like, you know, we should have waited. We could have kept that money. Basically, is what they're kind of thinking. <laughs> so Ron then asks for a new broomstick. And um, Molly's face falls a little bit because, you know, that's expensive. And he's mm-hmm. like, I know they're expensive. He's like, you don't have to get a really good one. He just wants a new one. Um and so she's like, all right, well, I better leave now if I have to get all these things off the list and, you know, a new broomstick. Yeah. She went shopping by herself for all this stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Those letters she came has, so like, late. Hermione bags for all these things. I'm sure there's also, like, a spell that you can make stuff be, like, weightless. Yeah, probably. Or smaller, like, shrink it. Or can you yeah. be, like, UPSO and it goes to your house? UPSO. UPSO. Well, no, they're leaving the next day. They gotta have their stuff. Same day delivery, um, bro. Yeah, Amazon, Amazon Prime now. Oh my gosh. Wizard Amazon Prime, Prime was now. on the thing then. Wizard Prime? What? Um, Wiz Prime now. Prime. But I wonder, like, she's probably, like, thinking, like, oh, I can get away from people for, like, a moment and have, like, some quiet time. Um, and then I'm gonna read from the chapter again. So Fred and George, they're looking at each other, and they say, Fred says, if you don't mind if we don't kiss you, do you, Ron? Said Fred in a falsely anxious voice. We could curtsy if you like, said George. Oh, shut up, said Ron, scowling at them. Or what, said Fred, with an evil grin spreading across his face. Going to put us in detention? I'd love to see him try, sniggered George. He could if you don't watch out, said Hermione angrily, at which Fred and George burst out laughing, and Ron muttered, drop it, Hermione. We're going to have to watch our step, George, said Fred, pretending to tremble with these two on our case. 
Yeah, it looks like our law-breaking days are finally over, said George, shaking his head. And then they left. <laughs> and even Hermione's like, don't pay attention to them. They're just jealous. And I was like, eh, I don't really think they are, because they've always said that only prats make prefects. And then he <laughs> says he's going to go ask his mom for a clean sweep. It's no Nimbus, but it's still a good broom. Um, and then I'm not going to read too much, because I think the next chat, like part of this, it, he really sees his broom. But he's going to get the queen. Nope. <laughs> yes, queen the queen sweep. of the clean sweep. The clean sweep 11. Um, and it's a broomstick that's produced by the Queen Clean Brew. Wow, Clean Sweep Broom Company in or before 1995. From the royal um, order of the Queen herself. That's <laughs> the Clean Sweep. This is the broom for you. So it's made from Spanish oak. The broom came equipped with an anti-jinx varnish and a built-in vibration control feature. It could accelerate accelerate from not to 70 miles per hour in 10 seconds. That's real fast. That is fast. Fast broom. And think that there's um, faster out there. But right. also, like, I want to go back to prefix for a second. So, like, we know... And if you don't know, like, they're actual things, like, um, not things, but in, um, like, British schools, they have them. And they're usually uh, a senior student that's authorized to enforce discipline. And then in Harry Potter world, it's basically the same thing. <laughs> and it says, it's a student who has been given extra authority and responsibilities by the head of house and headmaster. One male and one female are chosen from each house in their fifth year to act as prefects. They would continue to be prefects in their sixth and seventh years until they leave school. <laughs> yeah, so thus, there are approximately six, six prefects per house and 24 prefects in the whole school at one time. Hmm. And it says the head boy and head girl may be chosen from among these numbers and may not be replaced. However, the head boy or girl does not have to be a prefect. And then we know Percy was one, Bill was one. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if Charlie was Charlie one or was he just Quidditch captain? I don't know. I, I think he was just Quidditch, Quidditch captain. Yeah. Quidditch. I don't know um, because Mrs. Weasley says that's everyone in the family and then Fred and George are like, What are we, chop oh, liver? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> no, next door neighbors. Oh, next door neighbors, yeah, yeah. Poor uh, <laughs> 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 twins. Oh Molly. Oh, she was very excited, you know? Yeah. She was very excited. Honestly, she needed something like this. She needed a win. Yeah. Oh, she did, did. She, did she need Ron, who you think doesn't deserve to be a prefect? Hmm. No, no. She, need, she needed this. I'm not saying Ron needed it. Molly needed it. <laughs> I think Ron needed it, but whatever. Well, Ron so, did need it. So he's left, and now it's just Hermione and Harry alone in the room. And Harry doesn't feel like he can look at Hermione. And she tries to talk to him, and he congratulates her. He's still not looking at her. So she thanks him, and then she asks if she can borrow Hedwig to let her parents know. And she's like, you know, this is kind of, this would be something that they would understand, you know, what a prefect is. So he's like, yeah, go ahead. So he, um, reading from the book, um, he leaned over his trunk, laid his robes on the bottom of it and pretended to be rummaging for something while Hermione crossed to the wardrobe called Hedwig down. A few moments passed. Harry heard the door close but remained bent double, listening. The only sounds he could hear were the blank picture on the wall sniggering again and the waste paper basket in the corner coughing up the owl droppings. Ew! <laughs> but I like had to 
Because I was like not going to like put this in there. I'm like, no, I need to read this because this makes me laugh that the <laughs> waste paper basket is coughing. It's hilarious. Yeah. So I would I... like to hear what you think after you read all of this. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. Let's so, go. Hermione's left, and so now Harry is alone with his thoughts. And he's, you know, completely forgot that prefects were chosen for their fifth year. And he'd been preoccupied with the Dementors coming to have a Dudley and Harry-sized snack, possibly even being expelled. So, like, he had all of that on his mind. So then, like, had he remembered, would he have thought that he would have been the prefect? Yeah. So, basically reading from the book for, like, a long section. Mm-hmm. Um... Like, he could not lie to himself. If he had known Prefect Badges were on it, was on its way, he would have expected it to come to him, not Ron. Did he really believe he was better than Ron? No. He might have been better at Quidditch than Ron, but they were pretty equal in their lessons. They had been on a lot of adventures together during their school times, along with Hermione, but not all of the time. They didn't fight Quirrell with me. They didn't take on Riddle and the Basilisk. They didn't get rid of all of those Dementors the night that Sirius escaped. They weren't in the graveyard with me the night that Voldemort returned. And the same feeling of ill usage had overwhelmed him. That it overwhelmed him on that night that he had arrived, rose again. I've definitely don't more. What? I think I typed that wrong. Hold on. Oh, I've definitely done more. <laughs> Harry thought indignant. In- Indignant. Hold on. Indignantly. You're all right. Indignantly. Yes. I've done more than either of them, but maybe said the small voice fairly. Hmm. Maybe Dumbledore doesn't choose prefects because they got themselves into a load of dangerous situations. Maybe he chooses them for other reasons. Harry must. Harry. Ron must have something you don't. And so he's kind of, you know thinking again and he thinks about what Fred had said about you know nobody in their right mind would make Ron a prefect and then Harry gave a small snort of laughter a second later he felt sickened with himself Ron had not asked Dumbledore to give him the prefect badge this was not Ron's fault was he Harry Ron's best friend in the world going to sulk because he didn't have a badge laugh with the twins behind Ron's back ruin this for Ron when for the first time he had beaten Harry at something and then he hears he hears um, Ron coming back up the stairs um, and so he kind of tries to put a smile on his face before Ron comes into the room Um, and I said this entire situation reminds me of um, like Rary (laughs) oh we're shipping Rary now (laughs) oh gosh Um, of Ron and Harry when Harry's name comes out of the goblet in the fourth book and I'm like it kind of does show a huge difference between Ron and her no not Hermione Ron and Harry's um I don't know how like their emotions and like the the way that they're able to deal with things but at the same time like we're seeing what Harry's thinking so we didn't get to see what Ron was exactly thinking in that moment when he was like not believing Harry being like you didn't why didn't you tell me put your name in yada yada um but I, I like that it's like kind of a juxtaposition of you know, we saw how Ron handled the name coming out of the goblet and he didn't handle it well and their friendship suffered for a while. And now with this, Harry's able to like sit back and think and is like, you know, um, if this, is this how I want this situation to go on too? Like he's got the whole thing. Anyways, like Ron didn't have that situation where like his best friend and him got in a fight before 
the whole goblet thing. But now Harry has all of that to deal with, like, not deal with, but, like, bring that into his thinking, being like, do I want a repeat of that? Does anybody know what I'm thinking? (laughs) I can't imagine, Tiffany. Yes. But I don't think that this is Voldemort, personally. Oh, of course it's not Voldemort. These are Voldemort-like feelings, though. I think this is completely normal. I think this is 15-year-old boy feelings. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's it's normal because Voldemort would have also felt this had he been Harry's age and these things happened. But this is just no. a little bit more selfish than I believe Harry would have been, especially with the way that he's talking to himself in the beginning before he had that other small voice, which was him. No, I disagree. I think it's all Harry. Oh, I completely disagree. Um... You have to think about the way that he's talking to himself. Voldemort is all about I, I, I. Especially, he's also, he Voldemort also does this when he tells lies. Um, I did this, I did this, I did this. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that this is the Horcrux speaking for itself. I'm not saying that this is Voldemort speaking through Harry. I'm saying that perhaps some of these feelings could maybe be... Um, uh, they could they could get bigger. I'm losing the words that I want. Intensified. Be- intensified. Thank you. Because he has this other soul inside him that is completely selfish in that way. Everything's about me. I did all these things. I'm the great one here. And then when she says that small voice, to me, that's like that's Harry. That's Harry coming in and saying, "No, I'm not going to feel this way. I'm not like this." Which it does, but that could just be conscience wrestling with each other. But in my mind, I would like to think that this is intensified by Horcrux connections. I just disagree. I think this is just a normal fifteen-year-old boy. If if all the extenuating circumstances He's not of a normal summer, I understand that. But I just say, like, if this was disregard all the things that happened and he was saying like if he had had a normal summer and you know he didn't see Voldemort coming back and then the Dementor thing never happened he would have thought he was going to get this badge and so he's probably a little bit disappointed that he didn't get it and I think what he's feeling it's completely normal and all of himself being like yeah like I would have thought that I should get this before Ron but at the same time then he's thinking like at the same time like there's there's not much that sets me apart besides being Quidditch, being good at Quidditch, you know, in those regards, different than Ron. Like, why shouldn't he have been able to get it over me? I I think that I agree that this is all Harry, and it's just him being a normal 15-year-old thinking something that was going to happen and it didn't. And then, of, of course, you're going to go through your mind and be like, I should have... I deserved this. I should have gotten it. Like, regardless of, like, you know, Harry's connection, I think he still would have thought those things, just as Ron thought those things in Mm -hmm. Goblet of Fire whenever Harry's name came out of the goblet. Like, that was pretty, um, I mean, that was pretty mean of Ron to think those things. But that's a teenager sometimes, you know? So, like, with with this, I think that he's just super disappointed that he didn't get it. So he's gonna think these things in his head, like, well, um, yeah, of course I deserved it. I did all these things. Like, why didn't I get it? 
When in reality, like, there are a lot more reasons that go behind someone getting something. Like, I can kind of compare this to, like, whenever I was in a choir in high school, you would get, like, ranked based on, um, based on, like, a, what was it called? It was, basically, you would go and, like, you wouldn't know what part you were going to have to sing. You would go in there and they would, like, evaluate you. And then based on your evaluation, you would get a number. And, like, the lower the number, the better you were. So, like, I had a low number, and then the next year I went and I did it, and I got a higher number. And I was like, what the heck? Like, what changed? I don't understand. And, like, I thought those things about all the people that were in front of me for a hot second, you know? But then it's like, well, at the end of the day, maybe I didn't know my part as well as I did last year, and on and on. And, like, you kind of take a step back and realize, like, why maybe you didn't get it. But I don't know. I think that this is just normal 15-year-old Harry. <clears throat> I think, too, Harry and really a lot of people around Harry, like, they all were thinking, Harry's going to get it. He's the one that, not that he gets everything, but, like, over Ron, he kind of does. Um, so this is, like, the first time that, like, Ron gets something that's... Ooh. Is, did he get it? And then thinking, like, there's nothing that, like, really is, like, he shouldn't... He should not have gotten... You know what I mean? I don't know. I think it's very normal 15-year-old boy to feel these things. I really don't know which side of this I, I'm on at of all. Of course you no, don't. No, I really don't. But what I'm going to say... <laughs> I've heard the Hufflepuff. I know. What I'm going to say could go with either side, too. Harry has that layer also of, like, he feels very conflicted about Dumbledore right now. So it's like, well, why didn't Dumbledore pick me? Because he's mm-hmm. supposed to be, like... When, like, in reality, do we even know if Dumbledore actually picks these? It could be McGonagall. Like, we have no idea how a prefect is chosen. Well, Dumbledore doesn't admit that Dumbledore did. Dumbledore does admit, like, I didn't want to put any more pressure on you. Oh, okay. yeah. At the end. Well, whatever. I'm sure maybe some other people have... <laughs> I'm sure Heads of House has influence, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, and that could go both ways, too. It's like, is that just Harry reflecting on his personal re- relationship with Dumbledore? Is, or is that the piece of Voldemort's soul who obviously would dislike Dumbledore coming in too. I don't know. I just think as far as Harry's personality goes, and we can stop because we're getting a little long-winded on this, but like, I feel like Harry would feel these things, but not as strongly as he does. I mean, but I don't think he feels them. Like, I just, to me, he feels them like a normal 15 year old boy because he really doesn't dwell on it that much like he has a conversation in his head he feels sickened with himself that's a pretty strong feeling for him thinking those previous thoughts i felt that that lets me that lets me feel like those feelings were strong but i felt like i've done things like that where like in my head be like i can't believe i would even think that like because your feelings previously were were strong i that's why i feel like it's probably normal his usual it's not as like this doesn't normally happen you know what i mean i don't i it just in my head canon it's not voldemort and the horcrux have any such situ- like anything with this situation that's just me okay i'm stuck guys i'm stuck you can be stuck none of this is spelled out it's all what we think peppers and opinions <laughs> is that it that's it do we want to go to i did a poll on instagram too tiffany do you want to pull that up All right. But you both two different questions? No, I just did. Should Ron have been made a prefect? Okay. It is... uh, Oh, go ahead. 
It's 51% yes, 49% no. Like, so split. So Twitter's is, out of 36 votes, 53% no, 47% yes. Jeez. Interesting. How many votes does Instagram have? We have um, 100 votes. Oh, wow. That's close. 52 for yes, 48 for no. Wow. Super close. So... It was a coin toss, almost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, lightning bolt round. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Carly asks, is... Okay, so in the chat while we were talking, um, Meg was doing her weekly profit about the Slytherin Common Room. Um, they were talking about how the Slytherin Common Room would be damp and hard to sleep in, and with all the wet, it would probably get smelly in there fast. It was just <laughs> funny. Um, but Carly asks, is your common room the best for your sleep preference? <coughs> yeah. 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 Yours <laughs> is, and so is mine, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we don't really know a whole lot about. Although, Vinny did bring up, um, so I think he said that he would want, like, Hufflepuff would actually be his better sleeping preference room, because, like, you'd smell the food from the kitchens all the time. Being in Hufflepuff, that close to the kitchens would probably be damaging to my health. Think freshman year in college. Exactly. We oh, I know. Right in the cafeteria. I, I gained like 15 pounds that year. Freshman that 15 is real. I imagine I the Ravenclaw one. common room would be drafty because it's up in the tower. I don't know why. Like, I feel like it would be like you have a fan on. <laughs> I literally was thinking to myself, I'm like, let's be honest. I'm not a good sleeper. So <laughs> True. Like, what's my ideal? Just being asleep. Situation. No, I like to be cozy and warm, so mine fits. If you like to be cozy and warm, you should come to the sunshiny common room of Hufflepuff. Well, I need it dark, jeez. I don't need sunshine in my face. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe Gryffindor might have an edge for me because I cannot sleep if there's lights on. Yeah, I'd have it dark. Well, I mean, at nighttime it would be dark. Well, what the other night it was it was nighttime, but this it snowed so much, and the street lights from outside were on the snow, so it was light like in our blasting room, you. And it was True. annoying. True, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, hit me with another one. Uh, Allie said, "Would you want to be a prefect?" No. no, I don't think I would want to be either. I probably would have been a prefect. I, I was always doing stuff like that in school. I could see. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'd be offered a prefect position. You probably would have been. But I don't know if I'd want it. <laughs> um, Carissa asked, how would you react if your best friend, if your best friends were chosen as prefix over you? I would pat him on the back and say, <laughs> I'd be happy it. and be like, all right, <laughs> let me uh, do whatever I want. <laughs> I'd be like, just get me into that bathroom once in a while and we cool. Yep. <laughs> I probably would have been like a Harry and Ron mixed together like I'd be happy for them but if I had expected it I would have been like not super pleased or probably I would have been a little mean because that's how I was when I was in high school Sarah we all grow Uh, Kelly said or would you rather be a Quidditch captain no No. I'd be a terrible Quidditch captain I would want to be President <clears throat> of the Frog yeah, Choir. <laughs> but every like every club that I was in, I was like on like either like the vice president or like I was the vice president of both business club and peace and justice. And then when I was in hair school, I was the um, 
I don't remember if it was called student council. It might have been, but I was the president of that. Um, Kyra asked, what would be the best thing about being a prefect? The bathroom. Yeah, the bathroom. Pine fresh me up. (laughs) Fresh me up. I think that I would like um, being able to like deduct points and things from students or like next like if they're doing something like punish them <laughs> you're awful i get a i mean hey i'd get a lot of joy out of it <laughs> also awful power trip a little bit um kelly asks how long do you think it took lucius to come up with patronus potter all since the event happened he knew yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was like, Stag Potter? No, 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 no. That's no, not no, no, no. <laughs> Rudolph, narration no. makes the world go round. Rudolph. <laughs> uh, Kelly asks, regular Captain Crunch or Captain Crunch with berries? Berries. 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 Peanut oh, butter Captain also, Crunch. But also none at all because I like having my mouth not torn apart by hard cereal. Um, you know what, though? What's your favorite cereal? Raisin Bran Crunch. Uh, wait, wait, wait. One oh. at a time. I said Rice oh. Krispies. Mine is Raisin Bran Crunch. Okay. I like something called Basic Four. It's got like slivers of almonds and then like craisins and some other things. Ooh, also I honey bunches of oats. Enjoy. Honey roasted. Oh. Um. I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and that's typically yeah. the only cereal I'll eat, which is never, but... I, uh, when I was pregnant, I craved Fruity Pebbles. Oh, I like Cocoa Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles. I haven't had those in a long time. You know what I used to love to eat? Reese's Pieces cereal. Reese's Puffs? Yeah, Reese's Puffs. Those are good. And I don't even like peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, chocolate. I was gonna say, that's weird for you. That's a pretty I have another question that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it has to do with food, and we were talking about it yesterday. If you walked into an ice cream shop, a n- relatively normal ice cream flavor, is there a flavor that you would not like, and that was the only one they had left, and you would walk out and not get ice cream, and you're, like, craving ice cream? Like, I w- would not eat, like, a Rocky Road or um, Moose Tracks or, like, a peanut butter, like, chocolate peanut butter cup. Wouldn't eat any of that. Mine would be like I like mint chocolate chip, but I don't like candy cane ice cream. I don't like that mm. severe like a peppermint. Yeah, not no kind of peppermint. <clears throat> I said um, banana because I don't like any <gasps> banana things. Get out! I also agree with Tiffany. I don't like banana flavored <laughs> anything. Um, I don't know if there would be a flavor I wouldn't eat. Maybe like I don't love things with pieces of candy in it so like whenever you order like a mcflurry with like m&ms or something like that like get out of here that's gross i hate any like chocolatey candy in ice cream because it just like it gets hard and then like chocolate isn't creamy and you don't even taste it really and i just am not a fan what do you know what today is i know honey hut opens in brexville we're going yes only Brexville, Tiffany. Only Brexville, but we're going. It does so. I have a car. Yep. The other one opened March seventeenth. Yep. yep. St. Patrick's Day always is I, the one by us. I have a list of when all of them open and we want to hit them all. Yeah, we're gonna get all of them. All right, give me another so, one. So Maui Potter asks, do you think rather than a horcrux Oh man, I typed this wrong. Can you find this one in there for me? And I'll move on. Because I just typed it really fast. 
Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, sorry, we'll go to that one in a minute. Kelly asks, do you think that there was any way that Dumbledore could have let Sirius do something? Yeah! I do, too. In my opinion. I Outside? do, too. I yeah. think they were just being extra, extra cautious. Disguises, yeah, man. I don't know. If... Yeah, I mean, he could have polyjuiced out and done whatever, and someone could have stayed back just so, like, no mistakes had been made. Like, yeah, there's ways. Or even, like, let him walk, like, polyjuice him and, like, let him literally just, like, walk around the block. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, something. Like, yeah, as, like, as, like, Arthur or somebody, you know what I mean? Or a random muggle. Yeah. I just think, to me, like, that, that's more, um, I don't know, it just... It just sucks, and it it is what it is. But at the same time, like, we can talk about like, you know, um, he should have done this, and they should have done this, and whatever. But like, I think that if if anything would have been different, like the ending would have changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Good fortune. I mean, every like, everything in these books. They all books, had to die. Yeah. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason, and. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So Meg found it for me. Molly Potter asked, "Do you think?" Rather than the Horcrux, Voldy can already kind of read Harry's thoughts, and the thought of talking to Dumbledore either scares him or makes him angry. I think maybe that's in relation to why the scar burns. Say that again? <clears throat> Do you think rather than the Horcrux, Voldemort can already kind of read Harry's thoughts, and the thought of talking to Dumbledore either scares him or makes him angry? I think that connection is literally only there because of the Horcrux. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah, like Voldemort would not be able to read his thoughts if the Horcrux wasn't in place, mm-hmm. unless they were like you know literally like standing in front of each other. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's right. the only other way. Using like legitimacy. Yeah. 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 Um, Ali. Said... I think. I think that. Sorry. Well, hold on. I think that Voldemort um, gets to know Harry not perfectly, but he can maybe like as much no, as you can you... guess what someone would do. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Need to know all about you. Um, Allie asks, which member of the order would you want to live with? Remus. Remus. And I'd want to date Remus. him. Remus. <laughs> I just want to live with the Weasleys, man. Yeah, that'd be cool too. I would live with Sirius. <laughs> I would break the rules and let him out. You'd let him out. You'd let him out on a leash. Just transfigure <laughs> I... him into a different kind of dog. <laughs> I'd take him for walks. I would scratch behind his ear. <laughs> have Kel- kind of pets. Pets and treats. This one's super sad. Kelly asked, did Sirius know that Lily didn't have to die? Um, probably not. Well, but nope. like, had she not died, that would have also caused issues. Yeah, but that's not what the question is. I mean, I know. So maybe, like, but technically I don't- she did have to I don't think so. I think the people who were only privy to Snape's feelings about Lily was Voldemort-ish, for as much as he could understand, Snape, Dumbledore, and then Harry in the end. Yeah, agreed. I don't. I don't think anybody else knew. Like, they knew he was a double agent, but they didn't know why, necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Emily asks, if you are chosen for a prefect, can you turn it down? Probably. Sure. I mean, you could say no to things. Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and last one, Maui Potter asks, "How do you think Ron would have reacted of Harry getting to getting prefect? Obviously, I think he, he would. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Obviously, he would be upset knowing Ron. But do we think it could have created something similar to last year, or do you think he has grown? No, 
I think he's grown. I think he would have been jealous, but he would have been like, yeah, man, you deserve it, whatever. Like, I think, I think too, Ron was thinking, like, Harry was going to get it, you know what I mean? Like, right. he never <clears throat> thought that he would have gotten it. Uh, I think Ron probably already yeah. worked out those feelings and was expecting Harry to get it. Yeah, because yeah. he it was probably on his mind since it was prevalent within his family. You know, that's not really something I, Harry thinks about. I wonder too, like if if Ron was probably thinking like, yeah, it would have been really like cool. It'd be really cool to like be a prefect, but like I know I'm not gonna get it. So he already yeah. Just yeah. resigned himself to the fact that like he's not gonna get it. Yeah, um, yeah. dude, sense. I get that. I totally like I could I could feel that in my bones. Can you feel it in your fingers and your toes? I do. I do. <laughs> Ron is all around me. I I am Ron. I mean, let's be honest. We all know I am Ron. Out of the three of them. Okay. All right. So, out of the three of them, Sarah, I think we all agree, is Ron. Who is (laughs) Megan? Hermione. Draco. (laughs) 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 Tiffany's Harry. Harry. I'm Harry. I think Tiffany's Harry. You think I'm I think Harry? A little bit. More so than Hermione, I would say. I don't feel like I align with any of them. I think you're Harry, Megan. Yeah, I see this. Am I reckless? Because honestly, like, I feel like <laughs> I'm... Am I possessed? No, I'm a mix no, of Ron and very, Hermione. Like, I'm in your face. I'm gonna do this. What a snake. Mm. <laughs> Who is Katie? <laughs> I don't fit with any of them. Cedric, Katie's Katie. He's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Vinny. I can't you as a trio. I feel like like Neville. Katie's like a mix. Katie is a Neville. She has a glow up. Oh, thank you. I think you're hotter now than you were when I met you. And I mean that in the best way. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's good. Because that's like saying I love you more now than when I met you. Right. See, that's how you should have phrased it there. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) Jeff. Thanks for saving my wife for That's what I meant. Uh-huh, sure. That's like in the office when Michael talks about Pam. He's like, you should have seen her when she started. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, but Sarah, who do you think I am? Um, <clears throat> I would say you're kind of a mix between, like, Harry. Oh, no, you're kind of... I'd say you're a mix between Harry and Hermione. And I feel yeah. like I'm a mix between Ron and Hermione. I agree. I feel like I feel I'm a very mix between Harry, Harry and Hermione. We've all got a little Hermione. No, in us. I, I think you're a mix between Ron and her, or Ron and Harry. Ron and Harry, yeah, yeah. But she does Hermione things. It's it's strange. What, what does she do that's Hermione? Tell me. Spew, man. Spew. What? Spew. Spew. Um, her activism. No. Um, you spew just like Hermione. That's why I feel like I resonate more with Hermione because of her like social justice thing. I feel like Megan is a mix of Nagini and <laughs> <laughs> Nagini and Fantastic Beasts or Nagini in Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> she, she's a mix between Draco, <laughs> Lucius, <laughs> and Lucius, uh, Bellatrix. Throw some crazy. Throw some snakes in there. <laughs> some snakes. <laughs> Megan owns her snake. Yeah, I do. She paid full price. <laughs> <laughs> Nuh-uh, got it on discount. 
<laughs> yeah, you would never pay full price for that. Are you crazy? <laughs> I love you, Megan. I love you too. Is that tall? Mm-hmm. All right. You just reminded me that my birthday is coming up. Ugh. No. All right. Like read me the next month. Is it? I didn't know. <laughs> read this fan story, yo. Fan Wait, story. Not the order of things, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. I've only been doing this for a hundred and however many episodes. Yep. NBD. Go. Do it. This, do it. Do it. This week's fan story comes from Maggie Danahy. Uh, Dear Megan, Katie, Tiffany, and Sarah, my name is Maggie, and I'm 12 years old. I love your podcast and and am a new patron. I begged my parents to get it for me so I can listen to the Felix Files. I'm so excited to binge them all. I started the podcast in August and have listened every week since then. My Potter story starts off pretty much the same as everyone else's. I was recommended the series since, like, second grade and refused to read them, thinking that they were boring and stupid. I'm a dancer, and although I just switched studios, my favorite memory from my old studio was this. I was in the junior company at my old dance school, and for the spring concert last spring, my teacher announced that we would be doing a Harry Potter dance. I was, I was like, cool, <laughs> but didn't think much of it. We started practice in March, and for the first few weeks, I just did the dance, but all my friends kept making references and talking about Harry Potter. So within the, within the next few days, after one of the first rehearsals, we had a snow day. I rented the first movie and watched it. I was immediately hooked. I rented Chamber right after that and watched that too. I forced myself not to watch the third and read the books. The next day, Mm -hmm. I marched into my classroom and grabbed the Sorcerer's Stone book and then plowed through the first two books and read Prisoner so fast and watched the movie. I did my generation's method of reading the book and then watching the movie and repeating that till the end. I read Uh. the series so fast and became a huge Potterhead. My favorite book would have to be Half-Blood Prince or Deathly Hallows, and my my favorite movie would have to be The Last Three. I am so excited to dissect, cry, smile, and laugh through the series with you guys. Your podcast brings me so much joy, and I love listening. I recently went through a hard time with bullying at school, and social media mm-hmm. made everything so much worse, and I ended up switching to a Catholic school, which made my life so much brighter. Your yeah. podcast has gotten me through dark times and still makes me smile through the light ones. I'm a proud Gryffindor. Shout out to yeah. Chip. And my favorite character is Hermione. Thank Double you. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for all the hard work you guys put in and all you do. And to everyone listening, even light can be found in the darkest of times if only one remembers to turn on the light. Albus Dumbledore. Lots of love, Maggie. May I say, what a well-written 12-year-old. No kidding! I know, I was thinking the same thing. Lovely to read. Um, I love this story, and I love what Maggie said um, about her generation and the way that they read these. Yeah, how that's like their thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes! I think that's awesome because we didn't have that. Yeah. We had, you know, we, we got to go through that speculation and whatever. So it's like <coughs> two different generations of Potterheads have do two different ways of doing things, which is pretty cool in my opinion. Um, also, like, that's some restraint to be like, no, I have to read the books now and then I'll I watch know. the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also, I'm sorry that you, as I know a lot of us have experienced too, that you're um, on the other side of bullying, but I'm glad that you've overcome it and yeah. you're here and you find solace in these books just like we do and i'm proud of you yeah, yeah and you found your space love it yeah thank, thank you, you so, so much. much thank you thank you all right now i gotta tell you guys where to find us on social media if you don't already know which yeah 133 episodes in <laughs> maybe you don't you never know 
So you can find us on Facebook at Swish and Flick Podcast, and we also have a Facebook group called Swish and Flick Podcast Group. We're on Instagram at Swish Flick Cast and Twitter at Swish Flick Cast, and we also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Swish Flick Cast, and we have all different levels for you to choose from, uh, depending on the level that you choose, depends on what you get through Patreon, you can get our Felix Files episodes, you can get welcome packets you can get our phoenix hangouts you can get our phoenix plus boxes so um yeah if you would be so inclined that would be great that is what allows us to keep this podcast going and to do meetups to meet more of you and hang out and do conventions and all of that kind of stuff so and make these lovely donations yes yes and make donations every month and just you know, if you guys didn't catch on, the more number of patrons we have, the higher donation we can make every month. So yeah. if even if you're just a, you know, two dollar Niffler patron, a Niffler, one dollar still from, helping. Yeah. yeah one dollar from your monthly two dollar donation gets donated to an organization. And once the four of us go through our choices then we're going to kind of do, like, polls to have you guys choose where the money will go every month. So unless, like, something happens where we feel inclined that, like, you know, this needs to go here this month or whatever. But, right, right. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to have you guys help drive where the donations go. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about me. No. <laughs> Um, I am on Twitter at TiffSwish underscore Flick. I like to have a lot of fun on there, talking about Potter and video games and Star Wars and all those kinds of things. But, um, so I wanted to talk about, I've made a new dinner recipe, so I've been finding healthy, either Crock-Pot or Instapot, which is almost the same thing as far as how I use them, um, recipes every week. And so this week I'm trying out this chicken green bean potato recipe and it's got like fresh lemon juice and oregano onion powder salt and pepper garlic i put in extra garlic because i like garlic Garlic so i'm excited i'm excited to try that out and so far i think my favorite has been like this parmesan chicken that i made and literally so marty is such a good cook it's kind of intimidating for me to make anything and he was eating it and he went and got a second helping and he goes tiffany this is fantastic and i almost cried i was like (laughs) it made me feel so good about myself i was like thank you marty that's so cute (laughs) but yeah so that's what i've been doing um trying not to be sick goodness it's tough right now but that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm really excited for spring break to roll around, and I'm closer. And I'm getting my hair done, and I can't wait because I need it so bad. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, you can follow me and Katie at the Petrus family on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I personally am getting really invested in American politics and sometimes I need to remind myself to slow your roll and not feel (laughs) anxious or frustrated about things Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of trying to work on that but we're also we're also planning on volunteering a lot for the upcoming election so 
Um, that's going to take up a lot of our free time, but I'm excited about it. And um, also, our our reading club has a new prompt for March, which is a book with a nature word in the title. Okay. And I might potentially be expanding the definition of a nature word with this book, but I'm going to read... Like a snake. <laughs> You said it, not me. <laughs> but I'm going to read a book by Nicola Yoon, who wrote the book Everything, Everything, that I really love. And if it's what I'm thinking of, it totally aligns. It's called The Sun is Also a Star. That's nature. Is it? How is that oh, not they nature? Mo- they turned it into a movie. This is like Meg going when we're talking about Quidditch. I'm oh, going to yeah. like change the subject and talk about something not related, and it was about Quidditch. Whatever. It was all about Quidditch. Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, is sun and stars nature? That's like outer yes. space, isn't it? Is <laughs> <laughs> Shrek Scottish? I have nature. Oh, like, okay. part of it. You know? Did you just say Shrek Scottish? Yes. Sarah, what did you say? <laughs> I, was, I said, like, you, you can't have, like, you know, if you think about how plants breathe true. they literally need the sun That's why are you pushing on your nose i don't know my <laughs> play, hand me, is there. play me a song <laughs> what, i haven't I done you. this for alana in a long time <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. guess what you're doing next friday <laughs> i'm so, seeing yeah. her today so I'm going to read The Sun is Also a Star. Katie, I don't know. Did you decide you're reading that too? I have not decided it. She doesn't know yet. Um, you got to know. It's okay. March 1st. So. I know. I'll pick one today. Yeah. What um, are you doing, Katie? You have um, to. I've been sick, like, constantly, and I cannot wait to stop being sick. Well, February's we... over, so we're, you know, heading February towards the light here. February is always the longest month for me. February? Yeah. It always January. feels longer. Oh, so, so I long. feel like... Because I was talking to Regina and Kelly, and they're like, because I was like, God, it's been forever since I've seen you. They're like, we literally saw you last month. I felt like January was 80 years, and yep. February was five seconds. Yeah. Really? February yeah. just felt long because February is never kind to me, immune system-wise. If I choose to be sick then, not that I chose to be, but... You know <laughs> like, if you could choose. Yeah. Um, My flu shots worked so far. I am excited, because I've been stuck in the house with this one, and I didn't get anything. Please stay healthy. <laughs> Um, and then shout out to anyone that's feeling overwhelmed with household life because since oh, I've that's been me. sick, yeah, since <laughs> I've been sick, like just everything gets on the back burner, you know. And today mm-hmm. I did dishes, and I feel good about that. So yeah, small girl. victories. Yeah. Also, somebody you, asked dishes, in man. Discord, "Are you go? Are you guys going to help get people registered to vote?" And the answer to your question is yes, 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 yes. Please. Go frequent a high school, man. Register to vote. And if you don't know how to, please direct message me and I will tell you how. Thank you. Yeah. Vote. Sasa. Vote, vote, vote. Um, I'm just trying to live. <laughs> school is school. <clears throat> um, I have one week left until my spring break. And I also took the week off of work. And I'm so looking forward to it. And I already am feeling like it's already over. Um, I'm just trying to survive. I too have been ill, but like finally feeling all right for the last couple of weeks ish. Um, I'm literally just like I've gone through <clears throat> my clothes. I have several several bags to donate. 
Um, yeah, just trying to get my life in order and do school mm-hmm. and relax yeah. and, you know, trying not to be overwhelmed and I'm ready to travel and get away for a little bit at the end of this month and then in April. Um, and I'm just, I'm ready, I'm ready to, to take a breath. Yeah. I did the taxes. I'm glad that that is partially done. You rule. Yeah. Um, and then on to my own personal taxes, which I'll be great. great we all got to do that soon. We all yep. got to do that. Yeah. So I'm just trying to survive day to day. Yep. That's all. Um, before we wrap this up, I wanted to give a shout out to a fellow Potter podcaster from Potterless Shoes. Got married last night. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Congrats, to, congrats to Mike. He got we know he doesn't yeah. listen, but... He and his wife looked super, super cute. They did. Like, her dress, stunning. Just stunning. That's awesome. Yeah. So, is that all for the great good? Oh, boy. (laughs) Every time I say that, I cringe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, until next time, friends, come back for the second half of the chapter... The woes of Mrs. Weasley. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Just my voice! Yeah, I just had to find this section. My back is killing me sitting like this. Read fast then. <laughs> Okay, Here we go. I am Here we recording. Go oh, yeah, you do need that, though. <clears throat> what? Why'd you say to wait? No, I, I just... My brain's not alive right now. I'm not sleeping. Guys, my mind is alive. I finally watched Frozen 2. Oh, I'm not... I, got, I can't do this all day. <laughs> Did you like it? Yeah. I don't know if I like it better than the first one, but I really liked it. I like it better than the first one? <laughs>